1: Welcome into the Baseball Insiders. I'm Ryan I am ready for the World Series. The World Series doesn't start until Friday. We've got four thick off days after zero rest all postseason long before Phillies-Astros, the matchup none of you predicted. Not a one of you. Look me in the eyes. Tell me you predicted it. You didn't. But with Phillies-Astros, oh, Robert did. Never Never mind.
0: Yeah, see, I predicted the uh, the Astros would play an NL East team, and and Bowl, that was correct. So, <laughs> not Greg or anything. It's just it's the wrong NL East team, but here we are.
1: Doesn't matter. Couldn't have mattered less. And, and the fact that the Astros and Phillies are matching up means we can also talk about the demise of the New York Yankees, who have officially passed on to another realm, have joined the other dead teams from earlier in the offseason and have a big offseason ahead of them themselves. And to talk us through it all is fan-sided MLB insider Robert Murray and Philadelphia Eagles fan, which I don't know if it bleeds into this World Series fever for you at all, but pretty exciting time and pretty exciting matchup.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what a freaking time for Philadelphia. What a time for sports right now. Hello, Adam, by the way. I can't believe I didn't start off with that. But the <laughs> fact that the uh, there's two off days in this World Series, Sunday, the Eagles, Like that's, or uh, yeah, Sunday's the first off day. The Eagles end up playing the Steelers. And then the next off day, which is Thursday, the Eagles are playing Houston or the Texans in Houston, which is where game six of the World Series is going to be. Rather wild, man. Like as an Eagles fan, I am freaking fired up. As a baseball fan, I'm even more fired up. Like let's effing go.
1: (laughs) And we were talking about the pricing you'd have to pay in order to get into that Eagles-Texans game. Like, if you're already shelling out thirteen hundred a ticket for World Series Game Six, tack another seven dollars onto there and go see the uh, currently undefeated <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles play the Texans in Houston. Pretty good uh, end of the week for all of you fine folks in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, like God Almighty, I'm. I mean, if you if you shell out the money to go to Game Six of the World Series, you can afford to spend another seven dollars or whatever. Actually, according to yeah. Uh, Sean Daly in our chat here, it's only $60 for what I'm assuming that's for the Eagles, your Eagles Texans tickets, which is just yeah. rather. Wow.
1: A surprisingly expensive Eagles Texans ticket. But again, if you're already flying to Houston, uh, you're already going to see your team play game six, in uh, an epic rematch of the 1980 NLCS uh, as a Yankees fan over here, wishing the Astros had stayed in the national league. They decided not to thank you so much for that. Uh, but it'll be an incredible world series matchup. nonetheless. We got to talk about the managerial carousel stuff. We got to talk about whether my Yankees will join the managerial carousel. Uh, I'll cross my fingers for the next 10 minutes until you tell me that they will not. Um, But uh, incredible weekend. Uh, The Phillies end up winning that NLCS in five. The Astros take down the Yankees in four. And Burt, the Yankees' mental skills coach, before game four, with the Yankees down 3-0, sent around videos of the 2004 Red Sox comeback against the Yankees to motivate them to come back from 3-0 down. Can you think of a less motivating video than that? Maybe footage of all their childhood pets running away. Maybe the last scene of the notebook would maybe have motivated the Yankees less. What are we doing there? And does the mental skills coach need to work on his mental skills a little bit?
0: Yeah, that... I'll tell you of all the things you could have ever come up with, that has got to be the most bizarre showing a team, a video to get them hyped up of their former teams losing to their, like to their bitter rival, like the
1: worst thing that has ever happened to the franchise. Arguably,
0: here you go. go they, after, they go show, get him. I mean, that's just like, you got to think that one through, man. I mean, that takes, I mean, think it through that. That should take a matter of three seconds. Oh yeah. That's not a good idea. Let's go on to the next idea. Um, I mean, I, I actually think like showing their childhood pets running away, uh, would have been more motivating. So that's a good shot by you, but man, oh man, not good, man.
1: And how about not telling me like how, if you're going to do that, do it, but don't like tell me because I just don't need to know that that does not make me feel good. Um, but we've got a ton of Yankee questions in the chat, predictably oh, hell, because uh, because, oh, uh, would you look at that? Their best player is a free agent after the season, Aaron Judge. We've talked about him plenty. We're going to talk about him again. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is supposedly opting out, uh, which means if the Yankees want to bring him back, at least you'd think they'd have to extend another offer there. Uh, also Johnny in the comments, Yankees stink. Sure, dude, for sure.
0: Um, Adam's been saying that for months.
1: I have been saying that for months. They lost their mojo, uh, in a game they blew to the Red Sox at Fenway Park when they were 61-23, and 23. Alex Verdugo tied the game late and won the game in extras. They had a two-run lead in extras. They blew it anyway. It shouldn't have thrown them entirely off course, but it did. They were never the same after that moment. And uh, we'll we'll talk about the potential changes. We'll talk about off-season game plan. There's a comment from Leandro Espinall here saying, assuming Judge Rizzo and Seve are locks to be back, dot, 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 how does the team objectively improve, et cetera, I don't think that – two of those three guys are locks to be back right now at all. I, I think the Yankees pick up Severino's option, but I don't think either of the other two guys are, are locks to be back. And uh, right now the Astros are way better. The Yankees have not built a team that can beat or compete with them since not just 2017 in the ALCS, but the 2015 wildcard game. Um, let's talk about Aaron judge first, just because that's the guy. I mean, that's, that's the 62 home run AL record setting future MVP. After the game, he said, you know, these setbacks will make it sweeter when we finish the job. And everyone's like, oh, that means coming back to the Yankees? We finish the job, the Yankees, and you in the future doing it again? But a lot of breadcrumbs that that's not the case, and it's not so cut and dried, and he might be getting a massive contract elsewhere. Certainly the number is going to be huge. Um, So did his playoff run or lack thereof and playoff struggles – change the equation for you Bert, at all and and what is your gut feeling on Aaron Judge's future today
0: yeah my gut tells me it is not a lock that Judge is back in New York and it's for a number of reasons here one the sheer cost of such a move it's gonna in all likelihood this contract is gonna start with a three Um, and those kind of negotiations those take time and we got to see that before the season started when the Yankees ended up offering them the long-term contract that he eventually turned down because he wanted to bet on himself. And ultimately he won. Uh, but even judges like we'll see how free agency plays out because he is going to be a free agent. Um, and the Yankees allowing him to hit free agency means that they run the risk of losing him. Um, I would imagine like, this is not sourced info. This is just a, a gut is he would like allow the Yankees to try to like compete with any offer um, because he clearly loves New York Um, it's a I mean, it's where he's like built his legacy at this point. Um, and if he re-signs in New York, he has a shot to be one of the best players in franchise history. Like in a storied franchise like that, that's extremely appealing. But you're gonna have teams like the Giants, uh, the Mets. Um, I mean, we've we've saw what was a report last week suggesting that the Dodgers could be in. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's gonna be a number of teams that are gonna be involved here. Um, and the Giants have a lot of money to spend. If the Mets are in on Aaron Judge, um, you know Steve Cohen's got a huge wallet, and he's not afraid to spend the big bucks. So anything can happen. That being said, my gut tells me that he does return to New York, but it's not a lock. I don't think it's a lock,
1: and the price point worries me. Do I want Aaron Judge back on the roster after he carried the team to the playoffs and 99 wins in August and September? Absolutely Uh, After I watched him be unable to replicate that August hero mode this postseason and struggle as the one man band and help the Yankees put together a bottom five postseason in the history of the postseason in terms of batting average, I don't want him to return as the lone soldier here. If he's going to come back, I want to see them supplement the roster, especially offensively. The pitching staff showed up as they always seem to. And I do believe that the Yankees can get to a place where the pitching staff is a year-in, year-out strength. And were they as as good as the Houston pitching staff? Not in this series. Christian Javier was incredible. Framber Valdez, incredible. Justin Verlander, 40 years old, basically, and incredible. Um, So the Yankees pitching almost went toe-to-toe with the Astros, but blinked first every time. Still not the problem. The offense... Yes, stymied by the excellent Astros pitching and excellent Guardians pitching was still extremely below average. So if they're going to spend a a number that starts with a three on Aaron Judge, which I think that they should. I'm not going to say he chokes in the postseason, get rid of him. I think they should do it. But that roster and that lineup has to have a left fielder like Andrew Benintendi. Maybe you trade for someone like Ian Happ. Maybe you pull the Brian Reynolds trigger. You have to get some some power contact combo bats in that lineup and you have to find some lefties because without Ben Intendi the team was not the same they just they just weren't and Andrew Ben Intendi wasn't enough by his lonesome so you need Ben Intendi you need one or two more you have a you have to have a full season of Oswaldo Cabrera you got to have a shortstop play shortstop Yankees didn't know who their starting shortstop was entering the ALCS which is kind of a time when you might want to know who your starting shortstop is. So I'm obviously on board with bringing Judge back. I'm not going to sit on this pedestal and say, kick the 62 home run guy to the curb. The face of the franchise, gotta go. No, I'm happy to have him back, but it can't be the be all end all. And the Garrett Cole contract was the only move the Yankees made that offseason. The Giancarlo Stanton deal absorbing that contract was the only major move they made that offseason. They allocated their other lingering resources to J. Happ zach or oldest chapman that can't happen if, if you've got leftover resources you gotta spend them on definites you gotta get lefty bats with a pop contact combo and you can't get distracted by closers and you can't get distracted by five starters and experiments go rebuild this lineup around aaron judge if you bring him back
0: Totally agree, and like it, to me, the Yankees can't let him leave because you obviously just got swept four nothing to the Astros. Yep, and losing your best player by far, even like it makes that gap even larger. And it just like, you can't do that. And it starts with a resigning Judge. It then extends to whether or not you pursue a guy like Brian Reynolds, who I think the Yankees love. I mean. Actually, like who does not love Brian Reynolds? Like he's a freaking stud, um, and or does it go to being or aggressive in the shortstop market because they were not in that shortstop market last year? Do they pursue one of the top free agents um, this off or or what do they do there? That is going to be something that is crucial for the Yankees, but they have to get better. They've invested a lot in this team. And not trying to maximize this window, especially with Judge performing at this level, um, would be a crime. Um, they need to spend big. I do think they spend big. And I know a lot of Yankees fans are clamoring for Brian Cashman to get fired, Aaron Boone to get fired. Don't get your hopes up there. Um, they like both guys. Um, I know Cashman's contract is up, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I would imagine they're going to extend him. Um, unless unless something happens unforeseen here. I mean, you can never rule anything out, but I would imagine both of those guys are going to be in those jobs come next year.
1: Yeah. I was only wondering if you'd heard anything on the boon front. I mean, Cashman feels safe, feels like he's got a job for life. And and I also, he built a 99 win team. So it's easy for Yankee fans to sit back and criticize. I'm certainly among them. There are moves I wouldn't have made because yep. I'm captain hindsight and I'm a writer and I have the right to say, Hey, I wouldn't do that because the pressure's not on my shoulders. But after game three of this series, the Yes Network guys really did turn on Aaron Boone a little bit. They sort of went around the round table, and Michael Kay said, you can't put Lou Trevino in with the bases loaded. Why don't you trust Garrett Cole? Then Jack Curry said it. Then John Flaherty said it. Like, they all sort of said it one by one, and they're not usually that critical of Boone. So it just made me wonder if, that was a genuine tide turning if they were maybe preparing to make him a scapegoat while bringing Cashman back and letting Cashman pick the next leader of this franchise. Um, yeah. But have, have you heard anything of the sort, or are you sort of just – seems like you're pretty firmly convinced like he's coming back.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, it's just like industry rumblings, um, but also just like knowing how the Yankees operate, knowing how much they like Aaron Boone. But that being said, when it comes to the Yankees, when Jack Curry says something – you listen yeah because that guy is as tied in with that organization as it gets um and yeah when he says something you listen I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll leave it at that
1: yeah the 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 when he says something you listen thing if if you're a Yankee fan who's not listening it's almost comical at this point he will tweet something like I'm thinking they might make these three lineup adjustments and you're like that is such a big overhaul like but why would he be that specific? Like he obviously knows they're going to make those line of adjustments yeah. and then the lineup comes out, they make the changes and he's like, ah, as I predicted, they did this. And it's like, dude, you knew they were going to do that. Oh, yeah. He knew,
0: yeah. He knew exactly what was going on. And also at the trade deadline too. I remember, cause I mean, obviously a lot of the deals are broken by Passon and Rosenthal and Heyman and, and those guys. Um, and Curry was all over every single Yankees move. Like he's, he's a King. And also speaking of the Yankees too, um, Lindsay Adler just announced that she's leaving the athletic and no longer on the Yankees beat. I will tell you, I am a huge fan of Lindsay. She's a friend of mine. Um, she's an absolute rock star. Um, and what she does next, she is going to crush it. So congratulations, Lindsay.
1: Yeah. I'm a huge fan too. I think everyone in the fandom is, um, but good to know that she's just as good a person as she is a writer, uh, always refreshing, Yeah. Always refreshing on the beat. It seems insanely cool. <laughs> it's rare to say a baseball writer's social media presence makes them seem extremely cool. Lindsay yeah. is definitely one of those people.
0: Oh yeah. Plus she's got a dog Fisher. Who's an absolute legend. My, one of my life goals is to actually meet Fisher. Um, I have not met Fisher yet, which is very unfortunate, but I will, I will. Yeah. I
1: saw Lindsay in the neighborhood. Did not say hi because we don't know each other, but I did. I did see her walking around. I saw her with Fisher Uh, But from afar. So, Lindsay, if you want to bring Fisher on the pod, we would love to have both of you.
0: (laughs) Hopefully we can make that happen. That'd probably make my ear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Got to lock it up. Um, My my one further question about the Yankees, just because I would love to hear your take as someone who's not embedded with this team every day. We were hearing a lot, uh, Yankee fans love their excuses, so does every fan base. Twitter is basically just an excuse website, like it's a website for crying. You log on and you cry about something, and then you log off. And sometimes you cry about other people crying about stuff. Um, and it's a really unpleasant place to be in. But you did have Yankee fans this series sort of saying, uh, try to rebut the idea that there was this huge gap between the Yankees and Astros, and the Astros solved the contact power balance, and the Yankees couldn't. You had people on the other side saying the Yankees lost Ben They lost DJ LeMahieu. They lost Michael King and Chad Green out of the bullpen, forcing them to sort of rely on these bare bones bullpen innings where it's either Trevino, Holmes, Loiza, Gawandi Peralta, or they have to go to Clark Schmidt in the middle innings of a tie game one. Like the haves and have nots in the bullpen was so obvious. It was either like the four guys we trust or like uh, some starting pitchers we put out there. And obviously things are a little different with Michael King and Chad green. Obviously yep. the lineup is a little different with Ben and leading off instead of the rotating leadoff spot and LeMay playing his role. So at the end of this series, are you more in the camp of like the gap is huge or are you in the camp of like, you know what, if you do have those injured guys back, this might've been more interesting.
0: It will, I mean, it would have been more interesting, but I still think the gap between these two teams is rather large Absolutely. and what the Yankees what the Yankees lack compared to the Astros is star power. Um, They don't have that, those other offensive presences um, that make you put like the fear of God in you um, besides judge. And I think that series was a pretty stark wake up call for the Yankees because the Astros, I mean, they just mowed right through them with very little resistance. So um, yeah, those guys that were out They would have helped. I mean, there's no question about it. But, like, maybe instead of Astros in four, it would have been Astros in five. Like, to me, this just was not close.
1: Yeah. And talk about Matt Carpenter. Like, he's batting fifth in this series. He hasn't played in two months. And he shows up, and he's just clearly not right. Like, that was the Yankees' best hope. It was like, no, no, but the injured guys aren't coming back. But Matt Carpenter's here. And then he just was not ready to play baseball. Not his fault. But – Shouldn't have been batting fifth, shouldn't have been starting. And uh, yeah, the gap was in fact, huge. I'm going to use this Carlos Rodon question about whether or not he resigns with the Giants to springboard into, I know I just said, we're going to do the final Yankees segment, but I, I do just want your thoughts on, on what the off game plan looks like. Cause there, there maybe isn't as much there to choose from as there has been in the past. And obviously judge is plan a, and they're going to yep. put a ton of chips in on Aaron judge. So then where do they go? The, the rotation was really impressive for the most part, but they do lose Jamison Tyone. They don't really have that depth. And Luis Severino isn't locked down long-term. So do they pivot to a Rodone or a Jacob deGrom, which has been theorized by some? Do they just look for those outfield bat trades, try to fill that lefty spot in left field? What about Glaber Torres? Like there's a lot of infielders floating around here. And Jack Curry, the man you said, hey, trust this guy was the one who at the deadline was like, Hey, be aware. People are asking about Gleyber Torres. And everyone's like, what, what, huh, huh, huh? And then he didn't get traded, but it all, they put it on our radar. So if you're the Yankees, other than Aaron judge, what are your first moves out of the gate?
0: It is exploring any and all offensive upgrades. You can, whether it's um, free agency or trade. I think the name you mentioned before, Brian Reynolds, that makes a whole lot of sense for them. Like, um, I, I I want to say the Yankees were one of the teams that like have continued to poke around about Reynolds and uh, during the midseason or even in the offseason too. too. Um, so like, they certainly like him as a player. So I would expect them to once again, check in, although having Harrison Bader there um, that kind of makes that less of a need there for a center fielder. Um, I do think a guy like Rodon uh, would make a whole lot of sense in the fact that even after they got Montas at the, at the deadline, they were still looking at a guy like Pablo Lopez. Um, so they were still exploring starting pitching um, and Rodon is he's going to end up having um, he'll have the qualifying offer attached to him which might make that fit a little less interesting or a little or a little less likely I should say. Um, but I could absolutely see the the Yankees, like looking at the starting pitcher market, once again, trying to engage on Pablo Lopez or just looking at like adding a decent starting pitcher because you can never have enough starting pitching. Um But to me, their focus should really be on the offense.
1: Yeah, Lopez feels realistic to me. I, I thought the Gleyber Torres for Lopez deadline deal felt like it was pretty close to that one yard line, didn't make it. Uh, but I've been expecting him to be a Yankee or at least a Yankee target ever since Um, but Johnny in the comments said it best Yankees stink. They, they stink. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but the current iteration of the Yankees stink, uh, stink enough to make the ALCS, but still stink and got swept. So we'll see where they go from here. Plenty of moves to be made, even if they're just going to shuffle the deck chairs on the Titanic and keep Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman and whoever played the Yankees, the 2004 Red Sox ALCS comeback video. Apparently they're, going to be retained as well even though uh maybe that's the first high profile firing of the off season The managerial carousel moves on for others. The Texas Rangers made a huge move at the end of last week bringing Bruce Bochi in to manage the team out of retirement from the Giants. Uh funny it felt organic when he left the Giants but clearly still wants to continue this Hall of Fame career as an active manager. Uh, the comment up today that the Rangers could go after Shohei Ohtani from Brian, um, who knows, but the Texas Rangers, you can't count them out of any offseason maneuvers. Uh, they were in the Kershaw market last year. They signed two all-star shortstops last year, playing one in a different position. And now Bochi, clearly they're ready to go for it in the AL West, uh, which hasn't scared the Mariners, even though the Astros are still the Kings of that division and the Kings of baseball. Um, it's a home run higher to me. And it seems like it's just the beginning. What What are your thoughts on the Bochi hire? And when did this really materialize?
0: Yeah, so this Bochi was the, the Rangers' number one target. Um, I feel very confident in that. It was just a matter of convincing him to come out of retirement. And um, they flew down and meet with him in Nashville. It wasn't necessarily like an interview. It was more of a meeting to see where he was at. Uh, to try to alleviate any potential concerns that he would have for the job. Um, And he expressed an interest in doing that uh, and coming back to the managerial position. um, And they remained in contact. And in the days before they ended up hiring him, uh, they continued to have some pretty in-depth discussions. um, And they eventually agreed to a deal that I believe is going to make him among the highest paid managers in baseball. Um, which is kind of what you would expect for a guy of Bochi's stature, but um, this was a crucial hire for them. Like, this is about as this is a home run for them. I think you phrased that perfectly in the fact that they want to get over the helm here, they want to like get over the hump and hire uh, and be a World Series team, I should say. And Bochi has won three World Series, uh, it was awesome with the Giants, players love them. Um, and it's a i'm I'm hoping that they let him do his job because we got to see last year um with their interim GM he mentioned a few times that like the front office would be involved in a lot of what they do um and I know bochi like he's said in Joe Madden's book that um, it, he understands it's a new wave of the game and that he would be okay with it or with certain aspects of it I should say but I mean, the guy's got all this experience. He's won these World Series for a reason. Let him do his job. I think they will. They should. But for now, they're in a very good spot. And I'm very curious um, how he could fill out his coaching staff because there's some interesting rumblings behind the scenes on that one.
1: Interesting indeed. Um, And the Rangers – Say what you will about them. Say what you will about how far away they are from contention. Uh, They didn't think they were too far away to sign some big names last year. They're probably going to operate in the same way. And and hiring Bruce Bochy is one of those where you're just like, oh, we're allowed to hire Bruce Bochy? Oh, then we should do that. Like, what are we messing around with? You know, other candidates are unknowns. You're trying to uncover the next Bruce Bochy. We just do that? Great. Like, he he certainly seems to be – more with it as a legacy hire than a Tony Larusa, unless I'm unless I'm way off there.
0: No, I think you're spot on with that. Like Larusa's hire felt like a disaster, just waiting to happen. Um, Bochy is like that should provide the Rangers and their fans a lot of hope um, because he's not that far removed from managing, um, and he's just everything I've heard about him is that he's like he's at the top of his game right now. He'll be he'll be good
1: and in the future he will be a hall of fame baseball person like tony Larusa currently is but not uh yeah not as a, not, not before his hire yeah i was uh,
0: i was going to say something I, I can't say what i was about to say but yeah it's um uh, yeah he, he's a much better hire than Larusa. i'll just leave it at that
1: yeah and the future of the rangers is bright even though there's not this big prospect wave on the horizon you got jack Leiter and kumar rocker at some point jace young is ready um, does their offseason look like in terms of top targets? Is it going to be that Kershaw reunion we heard so much about last year, or are they going to be focused elsewhere on luring maybe somebody with a longer future like, uh, DeGrom type?
0: Uh, I, if I was the Yankees or if I was the Rangers, I should say that would be my number one target is Jacob DeGrom and their offseason is going to be hella pitching. I can just tell you that right now. They're going to be honing in on pitching, and um, I would expect them to be in on anyone and everyone. Like A guy like Carlos Rodon makes a whole lot of sense there, too. Um, and Bochy is obviously – he's still got a lot of ties in that Giants organization, so he'll have plenty of insight on Rodon. So um, I think that is one to watch. But the, 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 basically the front-end starting pitchers in this market, mo- most likely are, they're all going to be tied to the Rangers at some point.
1: More insight to come, the comments are flowing. make sure to like and subscribe to this channel. Find us on YouTube. We'll be here every Monday and Thursday at 3:30 Eastern time. All answer your questions. Randy a Rose Arena, drama in Tampa. I'm sure the Rays will find a way to get themselves into the trade conversations this offseason. I just got followed on Twitter by someone called Planet Astros. I don't think they're going to enjoy their experience, to be quite honest with you, unless they like drinking tears, in which case, uh, you know what, they probably are going to enjoy their experience, actually. Plenty more managerial landing spots to talk about, and I know we'll be pressed on this for the rest of the offseason, and I'll, I'll keep bringing it up, but the White Sox rumors crested a little bit this weekend. We were seeing some Joe Espada stuff. Then the team started talking to Ozzie Gian bringing back another remnant from their past um, are they any closer to a resolution there and, and what candidates do you sort of see emerging?
0: Yeah. So there was obviously a report that Joe Espada is going to be the next range or next, uh, White Sox manager that to my knowledge, that has not happened. Like there is no deal in place. Like that report was false. Um, does that mean that he won't end up being the guy? Um, No, like he's, to my knowledge, still firmly involved in this and as he should be, like, I think that would end up being um, a, just a rock solid hire. I actually had somebody, um, somebody text me that knows a spot of very well saying that would be like, you could drop any hire for the White Sox. Like that, that's the one that would just be perfect for them. Um, But the Ozzie Guillen rumors are true that he is interviewing I don't know how serious of a candidate he is, but I will tell you this. Ozzie Geen going back to the White Sox and being their manager. I don't know if I don't know if sports has ever seen anything like that. Because if that happens, that is going to be absolutely bonkers. Um, and I'm here for it too. Like I would I would love it. Um yeah. and he would tell it how it is, but I can't imagine they're gonna go in that direction. Like maybe that's just like a, a courtesy to him, but no, they. I, I think Joe Espada should be the guy, but that I will tell you right now that report that it, it Espada is the guy right now, false.
1: The comment section is not here for it. The Ozzy thing. They are not down. No, Un- unshockingly, they're not pumped. Um and Part of the reason I want the Yankees to consider Aaron Boone alternatives is because Espada seems like such a great candidate to me. Um, and he's someone who was in the Yankee system who they let go. So is Rob Thompson, who just managed the Phillies to the World Series. And so now we've got a a high-ranking Astros coach who could have been the Yankees manager, the Phillies manager who could have been the Yankees manager, and they're facing off in the World Series uh, while the Yankee situation sort of seems settled, but maybe settled with the wrong guy. What about the other opening in Miami where you've got reportedly a list of finalists, They're talking about Espada there too. Skip Schumacher is around. There was a rumor that Raul Ibanez, his interview went fantastically well, uh, but the timing isn't right. I'm not necessarily sure what happened there, but where do you think Miami is going to settle after they whittle down this list of finalists?
0: Yeah, they... So I don't know the answer to that, and I honestly don't think the Marlins know that answer either. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they have the finalists of what is it, Joe Espada, Skip Schumacher, that one is interesting to me, by the way. He's a very fast riser um and has drawn a ton of like rave reviews. Mm-hmm. Um so like I, I I maybe he doesn't get this job, but he is going to be um a guy who I think is a future manager at some point. Um, and there is another report today. Luis Rojas is a, is getting a second interview there. So that would be like the mystery finalist. That I uh, yeah, I don't know. I and mean, that would that would be a very interesting one. What what would you think of that? Good third base coach.
1: He just <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't understand what he brought to the Mets. From an outsider's perspective, I, I don't drill down on every Mets game, but it just didn't feel like he was a difference maker there. I wouldn't call him a problem, but it, it just felt like a caretaker hire. And then they made the pivot way quicker than I thought would. Sort of, you know, new blood just going like, yeah, he's nice. It's not the answer. So I'm not sure why the Marlins would see him as, as like, oh, we got to get that guy. But, you know, you never know. Maybe there's something that doesn't meet the eye.
0: Maybe. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, that would not be my first choice um, in Rojas. But I'll, also, I'm glad that Alex Rude put it in the comments. It's Espada, Quattraro, Skip Schumacher, and Luis Rojas. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another question in here, um, also from Alex: uh, other options for the White Sox besides Ozzy and Espada? I do think, and this is not confirmed, but I do believe that Quattro, um interviewed there. But like, I mean, the White Sox are interviewing a lot of different people. So, I mean, that's certainly possible because Cotuaro is one of the the more hot names throughout the industry here.
1: Yeah, he's talking to the Royals too, right?
0: Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Think. I
1: feel like that's just a name that you're going to hear floated in every managerial search until he ultimately gets a gig. Like a spot out. Like both of them are just lurking right below that surface, ready to pounce at some point. So you you hope it's you and you hope it works like Kevin Cash like uh Carlos Montoya who honestly was piloting the Blue Jays pretty well until he lost that job. Uh the the Rays pipeline develops competent managers and the Astros pipeline develops, you know, lucky rabbits foot holding geniuses like Askall. So you you want to get in on that ground floor.
0: No, you absolutely do. And like that's the reason why those two teams are most often poached and yet they continue to um just breed these just incredible front office and coaching staff. Um, and yeah, I'll, I, I'm, I'm also very curious what happens in Houston because like that, I mean, it would be obvious to everybody and their mothers with how, how the Astros are dominating right now. Um, and yet there's still so much uncertainty surrounding the futures of James Click and Dusty mm-hmm. Baker. Um, I'll tell you I, I think Baker returns, but Man, the, the James Click one is weird. Um, I, uh, yeah, there's just, it's very unique. I I, I don't know what way it's going to go, but those rumblings are very real. I can tell you that.
1: And do you think winning a World Series would change those or is it sort of set in stone before the World Series even begins? Like, hey, everyone involved knows what they're doing.
0: I, I think he would, I think that would certainly change things, but like, I wouldn't rule anything out here. Um, I really wouldn't cause let's just like, I've heard rumblings about different things. I am not ready to like say them publicly. Cause I just want to make sure I'm not like spewing BS. Cause yeah. what, we, what we do on the baseball insiders, everybody is we, we spit facts. We don't do rumors. We just do, we spit facts. Um, yeah.
1: We don't spew anything. If you're looking for spewing sachet out that door, my friend, no spewing on this podcast.
0: That's right. Yeah. We, I mean, we say something, you take it to the bank. Uh, So let's, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to, to, to do what we're doing here.
1: We say the Yankees stink. You can take that directly to the bank. Uh, I mean, the, the, the worst part about it for Yankee fans, there are a million bad parts about it, but it does feel like the Astros front office and, and managerial pipeline is somewhat in disarray right now. Like if there was ever a time to catapult yourself past the Astros. Maybe it would have been this season where the GM is all of a sudden, you know, thinking about bolting and maybe the manager doesn't have a future and that doesn't even matter. They have a rookie shortstop who wins a LCS MVP and they run away with it and sweep it. So it turns out that might not be the organization that needs serious change. Uh, 37 minutes in probably time to give some love to the Philadelphia Phillies. You would think. do win the nlcs in five games they're going to be competing in the world series a lot of astros talk rightfully so 106 win team still only got that 2017 world series under their belts but prime chance to pick up another one but we cannot discount the phillies who have aaron nolan zach wheeler at the top of their games who have ranger suarez starting game three and also closing out the series and bryce harper hitting one of the most dramatic home runs in modern playoff history down one in the eighth to up one, and a World Series birth clinch. Um, that's a special one, and I don't really want to just trip over it there.
0: No, and like that was like that was freaking awesome because it was it was weird. It felt like it was going to happen even before it happened. Like it was just like, oh yeah, he's gonna hit a two run homer here. The Phillies are gonna go to the World Series, um, and lo and behold, he did. And what Harper has done is he's established himself even like in the early days of his career, but especially now as a player who thrives in the big game. And that is exactly why the Phillies gave him the amount of money that they did. And usually it is a very scary thing, giving a player over $300 million, but Harper has lived up to it. And then some Um, like he to me, even still feels underpaid. Um, as crazy as that sounds for a guy who makes what, like about three hundred and thirty mil, but um, yeah, I'll tell you that entire Phillies team, especially um, like Harper, that entire offense—they got the feel of like a team of destiny, um, and it's it's a pretty special thing. And I certainly think that the Phillies are going to give the Astros a much more difficult time than the Yankees did because. The Phillies got the pitching. Um, they got, I mean, Wheeler and Nola are just absolutely just they're they're great. Uh, their offense has a lot of big boppers on that team. Um, bullpen, I still can't believe I'm saying this about the Phillies bullpen, but it's actually like competent, um, yeah. and which is which is banana and crazy. I didn't think I'd ever say that, um, but I like not to take away from what the Phillies did because they absolutely earned that. Like they were awesome in that series, but the Padres not putting in Josh Hader to face Bryce Harper is a monumental mistake. I said that before that at bat. And I said it afterwards is like, you have to put in Josh Hader. There's a reason why you acquire Josh Hader. It is to have him face Bryce Harper in that exact situation. And he was watching from the bullpen um, and not from, are not facing Harper on the mound and it cost them. Bob Melvin is going to have to answer for that one um the rest of the off season and maybe even into spring training. But um that 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 should not define the Padres season. Um they had a lot of good things there, but the Phillies were just better and that should be a very, very, very fun World Series.
1: Yeah, the Padres aren't the Yankees. They're not in a top media market. So I think the media is going to have to put Bob Melvin's feet to the fire there. But if that's the world series, that move is all everybody's talking about. If I, I that should get memeified like Buck show alter leaving Zach Britton in the bullpen in the wild card game. Like maybe it doesn't get magnified because it's not a one game winner take all, but you're trying to save your season. Josh Hader has to throw an inning and two thirds in the rain against the reigning NL MVP to start things off, then he's got to do it. Like, and if it backfires, if he starts throwing wild pitches in the mist, like Sir Anthony Dominguez, you got to deal with it. But yep. Josh Hader has to be in that baseball game and don't lose sight of it because it's not a world series or a game seven.
0: Yep, I totally. And it's like, cause it, with Hader, especially. So in Milwaukee, he did not pitch more than one inning at a time. Like he did not pitch more than one inning. And that was, I mean, there there was reasons for that. And as soon as he ended up leaving and going to San Diego, he was willing to pitch more than one inning. And um, we saw that against the Dodgers. And you have to imagine he was up for that moment. And it just, it uh, it bothered me. It really bothered me because that Padres team is fun. They got the swag. They got a great manager. I'll tell you, there was somebody who asked me, do the Padres fire Bob Melvin now? No shot. The Padres have a great thing there in Bob Melvin. Um, They would not let him go, um, and nor should they. Uh, Bob Melvin is there to stay, but he made a mistake in not putting in Josh Hader. And as you said, that's going to be memefied, like, exactly like what happened with Zach Britton and Buck Showalter.
1: It should be, and... Uh, the Padres seem to want to remain stable there with the leadership group. And and I think that's why we talked on a previous podcast about how they kind of tripped into Bob Melvin. I don't think you want to trip out of Bob Melvin after securing him sort of surprisingly, but this team is not complete. And this team is one that is not afraid to make major moves. AJ Preller has never seen a trade. He doesn't like, um, even though some of his previous work was getting called out this week, including the Clevenger deal that ended up sending Austin Hedges and Arias and all this, Cal Quantrill and all this talent to, uh, to Cleveland. Um, but that will not deter AJ Preller from making moves. What do you foresee the rest of this off season looking like for the Padres? What do they address? And and could they be tempted into something very bold?
0: <laughs> AJ Preller can always be tempted into something bold. I mean, that's just like, that's just in his DNA. And you can think of a lot of different things there. I think, one move that they will consider is Trey Turner. Um, they, uh, from everything that I'm told, Adre Preller loves Trey Turner and he made a huge mistake in trading him years ago as a player to be named later. Um, and obviously he ended up, um, he ended up like turning into the superstar and now that he's going to be available, I wonder if they sign him and then get creative with what, what they do with Fernando Tatis Jr., That's just one of many things, and I mean many things, that the Padres are surely going to consider. Um, They even thought that after getting Juan Soto, they had enough to trade for Shohei Ohtani, um, which, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I can't – like, there was a question earlier um, about Shohei Ohtani and what I think is going to happen there. I still am convinced he's – well, I shouldn't say convinced, but I still am of the belief that he will not be traded um, this offseason – That surely can change. I will not bet on, like, eating a shoe if he is traded. Uh, I learned my lesson there. Um, But A.J. Preller does what A.J. Preller does, um, and I got to imagine he's going to be quite active in the offseason again.
1: I have a little bit more to get to, but I do want to address this this Trevor Bauer question, and I am not going to speak on Trevor Bauer because I I don't really want to talk about him ever again. But nope. obviously, that remains unsettled. Uh, do, do you have any update there on on what the resolution might be? Because I certainly have been out of the loop for a while, and I I just don't think we're going to hear about that for a while.
0: No, nope. he's currently suspended for twenty four days, and I mean we haven't heard any updates since. So um, yeah. that's that's all we got. And I, yeah. I I won't predict anything on this situation either, just because that's like a a very um yeah that just, that's it just it goes deeper
1: yeah it goes deeper than baseball. I would never make you predict uh, the resolution of Trevor Bauer's situation uh, thanks for asking Leander more but really can't and is not a currently active major league baseball player um let, let's just t- let's give the Phillies some flowers if we're going to talk about AJ Preller and and his moves that have you know concocted this uh, you know very good NL team they make a run uh, they get the star power they overpower the Dodgers great job but the Phillies are the ones who win the crown. Uh, Red Sox fans were complaining all weekend about the Phillies stealing dancing on my own from the 2021 Red Sox playoff run. Well, if you win the if you win the uh, league, if you win the pennant, you get the song. That's how it goes. The Phillies got it done. And another Red Sox turn Philly, Dave Dombrowski, lo and behold, reaches the World Series in his fourth city. The Tigers haven't been the same since he left. The Red Sox haven't been the same since he left. And you hear about how he dismantles a farm system, but he also gets you to the damn world series. You've got iconic teams with him at the helm and the Phillies farm system isn't even that bad. We're talking about the rotation. Help is on the way. Andrew painter is coming. They've got top 20 pitching prospects. Let's give Dave Dombrowski his flowers a little bit here.
0: I'm in 100% agreement. Like that is a guy who he wins wherever he goes in the reason why you build those farm systems is to eventually get to the world series. It's whether you want to have those players for that time, or if you want to trade them for um, stars or players to get you to that point. And lo and behold, Adam, he did it again in Philadelphia. It's all he does. And he, to me, like he got ripped at the deadline for a couple of or for one move, especially it was trading for, Brandon Marsh for Logan Ohoppy with what he has done in other spots and especially in Philadelphia too. Now he has earned the benefit of the doubt. Like you should trust um, Dave Dombrowski, especially since as I've mentioned on this podcast before a big reason why they acquired Brandon Marsh is not just because of his outfield defense is because they believe that Kevin Long could unlock his offensive ability. And we've gotten to see like bits and pieces of that, like, I think he's going to be a very good player. Um, his hair certainly fits; uh, like he's got great hair. Um, I will, I will give uh, Brandon Marsh that. But like Dave Dombrowski, shout out to you because all you know how to do is win, and no matter what, just like the song says.
1: There's this disease of fandom that makes you question why we're doing this, and it's the people who criticize Dombrowski for gutting the farm system and leaving the future in a worse place than the present. But like he wins rings in the process. So what do you want? Like everybody wants a fully stacked farm system. Everybody wants hope for the future. And if there's a middle ground and a sustainable middle ground, then that's fantastic. But the idea that there are Red Sox fans from 2018 who are complaining about the fact that 2022 might not look so good when you're winning 108 games in the world series Like, what Phillies fan is concerned about the farm system right now? They're in the World Series. They're flying a flag. They might be flying another one in a week. I I want rings. Kurt, I want rings too. Give me rings.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'll tell you, Dave Dombrowski gets you win, or gets your rings. I almost said wings. I don't, I don't think he gets you wings. Though,
1: I almost but... said wings too. I don't really know why, but yeah, I'm okay. yeah.
0: I wasn't the only really one there. But maybe I'm just craving chicken wings. I was supposed to actually get wings this weekend, but that that fell through. That was very disappointing. But I did go to Chop Shop, so um, I mean, that was that was another win. What is but Chop Shop? Chop Shop is like this lovely, like they serve like these steak and shrimp protein bowls with like um, protein shakes or whatever. Went last night and oh boy, let me tell you, vibes were immaculate, dude. It was like a fifteen out of ten. It was great. Um, I don't like that. I did not expect to be talking about Chop Shop today.
1: I did uh, weirdly. I actually did, but you know no, what? I, I had a feeling.
0: Yeah, I yeah. I see his spider sense is always. He he knows me just very well. Shout out to Adam.
1: I mean, the Phillies knocked out the Braves. Otherwise, we'd be talking about a different kind of chop at this point. So we might as well be talking about Chop Shop.
0: Um, <laughs> Boy, you, the the way you just turned ch- Chop Shop into baseball is incredibly impressive. Like, shout out to Mr. Weiner over there.
1: It's what I do. Brandon Marsh goes to the barber and he goes, give me the Chop Shop. And they go, no, leave it, <laughs> leave it stringy. I, honestly, I'm in Philadelphia this week, um, and I'm going to be for the next couple of weeks too. And most of the talk in this household, which is not – there's some baseball fans here, there's some non-fans. The ladies cannot stop talking about Brandon Marsh's hair. They just can't.
0: Can you blame him? I mean, it's uh, he's got luscious locks, is what he got.
1: I think the consensus is it's gross.
0: Gross. I I see. I'm not
1: saying it's gross.
0: I see. You know, anyone who says that his hair is gross is is wrong. Um, Yeah, he's got great hair, and I'm I'm Team Brandon Marshall over here. I am too.
1: It's, it, it is funny because you see a guy like uh, Matt Strom on the Red Sox who it's pretty obvious he's got sticky stuff in that long hair. He's rubbing it up. And, hey, that's fine. People are doing that. But Brandon Marsh is an outfielder. So, like, got people in this house being like, there's no benefit to the long hair, right? He kind of just does it. And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know. He just likes yeah. it.
0: Very weird. But, yeah, I figure he's got, what, has he got the best outfield hair for the Phillies since Jason Worth?
1: Yeah. And they're very similar. Like Worth is a little taller, I feel like, but just as grimy
0: in the hair department. Oh yeah, I'll tell you, the grimier the hair, probably the better the ball player. Uh, yeah. I mean, hashtag analytics, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hashtag analytics. Philly sure got themselves some wet guys. Uh, before we sign off, pause. You got a, uh, <laughs> you got a, uh, you got a Jeez. World Series, got a World Series prediction for
0: me. Uh, give me Astros in six. Um, I I think the Astros pull this off, but that being said, everything in my gut, maybe this is like my Eagles fandom coming out. Like I didn't grow up a Phillies fan by any means, but I, um, I grew I'm a huge Eagles fan, but I still think the Phillies have the feel of a team that could pull off a stunning upset. Um, so give me Astros in six, but I wouldn't be surprised by anything. I just hedged myself big time there. I know.
1: I had Astros in six two and I needed to get back to six because I do want that Eagles game in Houston to be exciting. Uh, also, if we're talking about World Series game six. I have an extremely important update before we sign off on my rehearsal dinner situation, which uh, the wedding is in Philadelphia, conflicts with game seven of the World Series. If there is a game seven of the World Series, the Philadelphia Phillies will be playing it. Uh, it's a pretty important game. It decides the winner of the World Series, so that, that'll be a big one. A lot of Philadelphia dads at this wedding who are going to have an important decision to make and a TV to find sometime around 8.30 p.m. They just announced the game times. They're all at 8, 8.03 Eastern, in fact. Um, and I got this note from the rehearsal dinner spot, which will be a sports bar in Philadelphia during Game 6 of the World Series. I know we mentioned the Phillies World Series Game 6, and they wrote that in all caps. And that is most likely happening. High hopes in Philly. I just wanted to touch base on that. Your group is contracted. We'll have our main dining room in addition to the private bar for your welcome event from eight to ten. Due to the nature of the World Series, we will have the private room at eight PM as your welcome event begins. We ask all your guests transition to the main dining space. In other words, hell yeah! I didn't get boned. I didn't get kicked out. We're we've still got the bar. If you're planning cool. to go to City Tap House in Logan Square and you want to watch Game Six of the World Series, tap me on the shoulder because we got half the bar to ourselves, but half the bars for you fine Philadelphians. I can't believe I still have this place reserved, though. I thought I was gonna get totally screwed. And I Yeah, know.
0: I was convinced. I didn't know I didn't know it was in Philly, man. I thought you would end up getting royally just screwed out on that one. That would have sucked. Um, yeah. but hey, Philadelphia people, they know how to treat it. It's the city of brotherly love. Uh, We know how to treat people. Um, but And also, I got to drop this. Go Birds, baby.
1: I will give you your Go Birds. My New York Giants are 6-1. and The two teams are the class of the NFC, let alone the entire NFL. And yet, to you Philly fans celebrating a potential of World Series Game 6, just uh, be careful on the polls because you can climb them. I'm not going to say don't climb them, but I got some elderly guests at this rehearsal dinner and this wedding who I think probably aren't going to be looking up at the polls as they exit the venue so just be careful be aware of the senior citizens around you and just climb responsibly that's that's all i ask now will you no you won't but i'm just asking a favor
0: no i'll tell you i love how you just said to climb polls responsibly Yeah, i mean that's like yeah that's phil i'll tell you philadelphia they know how to party out there they uh yeah god i i love the city of philadelphia man what a what a place i'll yeah you know what people give philly a bad rap but like that that is just to me it's the best sports town in in america um him, i love it man That's this world series is going to be electric okay I can't, I can't wait
1: it's going to be incredible it's going to be high stakes high stress every pitch rotation bullpen jeremy pena you want to do it again here comes zach wheeler and aaron nola The pitching is going to be immaculate. I've never seen a rotation like the Astros, and yet the Phillies can almost match it, and the Yankees almost match it, and the Phillies' offense is existing on pure vibes right now. No defense, minus 32 outs above average this year for the Phillies. Just has not mattered. They jive, they mash. It's going to be incredibly exciting. It is going to interfere with my upcoming nuptials, and that's okay. Just before you come off the poll, just look down. That's
0: all I'm asking. Yeah, if you see Adam, please don't hop on him because I like having him as my, as a co-host on this show. Yeah. Don't hop great.
1: on Pop. Don't hop on Pop. Be cool. Don't hop on Mom. Just chill. Uh, well, I mean, do do whatever you're going to do, and you don't have to stay out of my way. Just, just be careful when you land. That's all I ask. Uh, Thanks, un- until next time, Bert, the next time we talk, uh, there still will not have been any World Series games played. Thursday, yeah. the, the first game's Friday. I can't believe that. But I can't wait to get back in touch with you and get an update on all the rumors we're watching in the interim, because I'm sure we're going to get more managerial updates, World Series rotation updates, quotes, all the good stuff.
0: Oh, we absolutely will. And also to answer, obviously, a Burner's question, I still have not listened to Blink-182, so I apologize for that. But what I will promise you is that we will – give you all the latest and greatest that we have. And we're going to have our notebooks even more full as the off season gets closer. You can also analyze a world series, but the only way we can do that, Adam is if you subscribe to this podcast, that would be beyond appreciated. I will give you a big hug. If you end up doing that, if you're okay with that. Um, But thank you all for tuning in. We, we very much appreciate it.
1: If you're okay with that, we will have full notebooks uh, to run through and, And I can't wait for the World Series. I just wish it started sooner. And I wish maybe we were still doing the ALCS for a couple more days so that we could fill this gap. But we'll watch Monday Night Football. We'll watch Thursday Night Football. And then we'll get ready for Game 1 in Houston 8.03 on Friday night. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner alongside Fansiders MLB Insider Robert Murray. As always, please do subscribe. Join us live 3.30 Eastern Mondays and Thursdays. Can't wait to do this the whole offseason with you, Bert. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us.
0: Thank you, my, my guy. Thank you, everybody.
1: Thank you, everyone.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can
1: quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call.